about to bark on a perilous journey. Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to commentate the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Guys, welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Joe. And me, Caleb. Go to the cinema and see what movies are hot trash. Well, see, not. yeah, see if they are hot yeah, trash. See if they are hot trash. Uh, Caleb, what did we see this week? We saw a great movie, a perilous viewing experience. Oh, God. We saw Doolittle. Are you Dr. Doolittle? We have no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Learn much more than I. It's okay to be scared. No. This was a passion project of Robert Downey Jr.'s. Wait, was it? Yes. He has he's had two passion projects. He's been wanting to do it for a while. This and uh Pinocchio remake. Okay, so I knew about Pinocchio and I'm I'm pretty excited. Um He's playing Geppetto and a CG version of Pinocchio. Now this was my this I'm a Dr. Doolittle. Uh, fanatic virgin I have never <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> I've never experienced anything Dr. Doolittle before so like why my history of Dr. Doolittle Doolittle I got Dr. Doolittle 2 on DVD one Christmas and I opened it up and Dr. Doolittle 1 was in the DVD case <laughs> so I saw Dr. Doolittle 1 thinking I was getting two having not seen one that's an emotional roller coaster <laughs> of a journey. <laughs> but like Don't that, remember anything of it. That doesn't explain to me why why someone coming off of a twenty year franchise who can probably doesn't have a blank check in Hollywood, but has definitely has a lot of sway, why this is the first thing he wants to do. Because he funded it himself. <laughs> That's why. But why? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that he got someone to give him the money. He said, No, I have the money. Make my dream happen. Yeah, I just I do not understand the passion for Dr. Doolittle. It's, I don't either. It's just such a fundamentally uninteresting concept. I mean, I've never read the books. They could be fun kids Maybe. books that he has personal attachment to. And he's like, I can bring this to life. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I shouldn't judge. I him. have money. But if he really cared about this, then why did he get this director? Why didn't he call up his buddy John Favreau? Because I need to do a silly accent, and he's the only one who let me who will let me get away with it. What is the uh, the setup for this movie? Um, Doctor Doolittle is an animal doctor, veterinarian, as some would say, but no, animal doctor is what we will call him. Um, and he but also a people doctor and a psychologist <laughs> for animals, not for people. Psychologist for animals. Well, I bet he could do it for people, too. Yeah, he can talk to animals, which uh, makes tending to them a lot easier. And he has a band of merry animals that he travels with, and he's going on an event, a swashbuckling adventure in the in this installment of the Dr. Doolittle franchise. Um, one of one. Yeah, I think I can best describe it as primordial chaos. You take all the elements of a Dr. Doolittle film... Uh, the performance, obviously, of your lead, uh, the uh, you know sets and all that, uh, the CGI, um, and you throw that into a soup. It doesn't matter what lands weird. It doesn't matter if it sounds good. If uh, you know, it looks good. It doesn't matter if Robert Downey Jr. is moving his hand through the air that a animal should take place. It's fine. It's it's chaos. You're staring into the void. You know, the gases have not yet formed and blown up 
to make life. The Big Bang has not happened. If you are <laughs> this curious... Is the, this what, is the premature Big Bang. Yeah. Do a little. This is what the cosmos... <laughs> look like before in the 30 50 years when we finally discover like what's out there in space it's just do little on repeat and who, the guy who directed this just got there before us seriously it is so chaotic there is a it never lets up there is a uh part where they're on uh the antonio banderas island and there's just a monkey Thanks. in a hat there's just a monkey in a hat oh, yeah, there, there he gets nothing to do i think he says a couple lines and he, like he like juggles yeah it's like why are you there and then in the end credits there he is painted by antonio banderas so i'm like you must have had more lines of dialogue for this speaking of stuff that doesn't that just shows up and doesn't come back. The guy in the boat that Antonio Banderas gives them that's in the hangman's thing. Oh, yeah. He's like, hi, I'm here. And it doesn't show up again. Was that supposed to be a one-off gag? And then you were pointing out the thing about the Craig Robinson squirrel. What about him? That he never interacts with anybody. No, 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 no. He, uh, what is his name? Scuttles? Kevin. Is that the main kid? No, the main oh, kid. Oh, Stubbins. Stubbins. Stubbins shoots him, picks him up, Doolittle heals him. And then he doesn't have impact on anything. I don't for the think rest he the- ever talks to any of the no, crew. No, he doesn't. He's always talking to himself. It is so bizarre. That's what a lot of the animals do. They just talk to themselves the entire movie. Well, but like you have you have a couple animal relationships where like they'll communicate with each other. And, and then you have some animals who just pop up for one scene. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But then they'll pop up again and they'll just kind of teleport like the, mm-hmm. the giraffe, which first off. Well, she like- says, Selena Gomez, she stayed in... Yeah, but then she's just in Buckingham Palace. They don't show her entering. She just she's just there. Yeah. Also, too many mythical creatures in this. I'm fine with a dragon, but <laughs> but giraffes they're oh a step God. too you're far. Really going on this, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going for a second. <laughs> there are two kids. One of them doesn't matter and disappears. Yep. For some reason. Yep. Uh, I now know she's that like the queen's aide or whatever. I now know that this is a book, so I assume that she's important there. Um and then there is a kid. He's odd. He's weird because he doesn't like to kill things. <laughs> this 12-year-old, weirdly enough, doesn't like shooting animals. And so he he annoys his way into Dr. Doolittle's troop, and they sail to Antonio Banderas Island, and then they sail to Dragon Island, and Michael Sheen is sometimes there as a bad guy. Michael Sheen, who I thought was Simon Pegg the entire movie up until then the credits rolled, and it said Michael... Michael Sheen. Well, I can I can understand why you think Simon Pegg would be in this movie because half of Hollywood is in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Including is. our new golden boy, Tom Holland. Okay. Have okay. we seen more Will Smith movies this year or more Tom Holland movies? Well, we it will be tied once we see Bad Boys if we go see that. Okay. So I almost feel like we need to. <laughs> just but to even the slate. They would make it easy if they just became like the new duo. <laughs> I don't really want that. I don't think they were that good together in Spies in Disguise. But yeah. Although Tom Holland is barely in this, um, he plays a dog. He plays Harry Potter dog because he's got big because old he's Harry got glasses. glasses. Is that the yeah. reason he's Harry Potter dog? And he's British um, and making dog jokes the entire movie. And if Harry Potter was rebooted tomorrow, Tom Holland would play every <laughs> character. But Tom Holland's fine in this. I feel like we give Tom, Tom Holland Holland's a lot fine of crap. In everything. We I just don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> He's perfectly true. passable but in everything. I think this is his best role because he is not playing an animated character who looks like him, and I also can't see him. I'm sorry, <laughs> also, Tom he's Holland. British in this one too. It's true. He was British in Current War too, but man, what if the dog had the sideburns? <laughs> when we make that spies in disguise patch with the sideburns, can we can we? 
put out and do little as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Other notable performances in this. Craig Robinson plays a squirrel. Uh, he, Emma Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Emma Thompson, at least, like, she interacts with She's people. a parrot. She probably is the animal that interacts with people the most. Uh, Rami Malek is a gorilla. And... John Cena is a polar bear. Yeah, and the thing is, like... Rami Malek's probably the best of the voice acting, I guess. I, I couldn't tell it was him. It sounded like a kid. Yeah, but I feel like... I guess that means you're doing a good job. <laughs> well, I feel like he's the only one who really fits the thing. Like, Kamel Najihani, every time he talks, I'm just like, this is a little distracting. <laughs> and I've seen you... In, he's like, screaming at the top of his lungs with every line. It's like, I've, I've heard you voice other things before, and you usually do a good job. But I think that's the that's part of the chaos of this. Oh, is, I mean, everybody spent, like, a grand total of an hour between each other in a recording booth. Yeah. With how few lines everybody has. Yeah, it's like, you know, five days shooting, uh, we do two a day, and then we have the entire cast. After we've already filmed principal photography and everything, because Robert Downey Jr. and Kid didn't know where anybody th- anything was. Oh, it's so clear that they had no idea where they were playing these animals. The animals I'm, teleport around. There's no continuity between shots where the no, animals are. But they also, just show up to fill space. Bob, so if it was just like standard shots, I'd be fine. But this director is like constantly <laughs> moving the cameras and like doing digital zooms in on things. And it makes for a very ugly vocabulary for the film. Like all the shots he's using do not come together in a beautiful Mm -hmm. way or even just like a a decent enough way. And it's not like the problem like we had with current war where that was just, you're doing too much. Yeah. It's distracting. Like all those shots were well executed in current war. Um, it's just, they didn't coalesce together here. None of these shots look good. We're set at a different angle from what we normally do. And I couldn't tell if it was the screen or our angle or if the movie just hadn't fully rendered or something, because everything was a little blurry. I think it was the projector and okay. the fact that we were closer. All the uh, weirdness and zaniness of the production and the movie itself aside, I think it's fairly competent at what it's trying to be. No. No? Okay. No, I think it just comes back to that thing where it's like, this is not fun to watch. It's way, like, I keep going oh, back to this word. Oh, I had a grand old time. Well, Okay. It's fun to watch in certain aspects that we do appreciate on this on this podcast. But in just the sense that like my feet are never like on firm ground with this film. Everything is always changing and like I don't know what's going on. No, it's because I think it's I keep coming back to this word. It's chaotic. I Uh I feel like every element of the movie is trying to do something and it's none of it's the same thing. But how's our DJ in this? How's our boy? <laughs> I don't think he knew what voice he was going to do at first because 80% of his lines are 80 yard in. I'm glad to know that this was a passion project of RDJ because before that, I'm like, oh, they just wanted to get Johnny Depp and then his career tanked. Because <laughs> he's he's doing a Jack Sparrow impression. Yeah. Oh, he's doing he's doing a real bad, bad impression if that's what he's trying to do. That accent, I think Alex said it best where it... Uh, Who's definitely not here, by the way. Where it uh, starts, it's a British accent, and then it makes its way north through, yeah. the, through Europe. Um, through Europe? Yeah. Britain's in Europe. Yeah, it's that no, no norther. It's how, like, when you... Through its own... Yeah, it's like how when you drive through Tennessee, you are driving through the United States. Exactly. I mean, okay. Slash North America in this context. You're not wrong. But I do think that his performance peaks very early on when he has a poorly implemented beard that goes <laughs> down and he is just 
everybody is talking at once and he's doing all these animal noises. And he looks like he's asleep for a lot of this movie <laughs> or he didn't get enough sleep and he got, he's on loads of caffeine. So his eyes are just bug eye the entire, like I have to stare really intensely. That's the thing is like my performance. I'm the zany Dr. Doolittle. That's the thing. I thought about doing like he's coked out, but he's not, you you hit it on the head. He's, he's just, sleepy. he's taking a lot of caffeine pills to be here this morning. <laughs> he's got like three patches on. That's why he's wearing like all the sleeves. And he's sitting alone in a room with no reference point for like <laughs> eye lines. And so he's just like, Oh, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> Antonio Banderas is just being Antonio Banderas in this movie. But like it's- ugly Antonio Banderas, which I didn't think was possible. I didn't like it. It's just, he's grimy. And the just- kid who uh, I feel like would be played by Tom Holland if Tom Holland was not already a dog. Like you said earlier, he annoys his way into Dr. Doolittle's life. Where he's like, I'm your apprentice. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm the apprentice now. Are there any animals that like stuck out to you as good? No. <laughs> it's hard, right? No. <laughs> I think maybe Every, they they spent an hour in a booth. What like this was clearly a paycheck. I I like I like maybe the idea of the fox and the giraffe who are criminals and just like mainly because I don't know what their deal is. They just kind of show up and then they're gone. Who's the queen? Def, I don't know. <laughs> oh, there was uh, probably our favorite character, the guy who stood next to Michael Sheen on the boat. He's played by Paul Holowati. He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just want to celebrate uh, Paul Holowati for a minute uh, by reading off his IMDb page. Paul has just shot a supporting role in Universal Blockbusters, The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, along Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Sheen. Uh, he is along with one of those people. He's standing next to them, but the other person I'm not, don't think you can take credit with. I so is his IMDb page? <laughs> he was good, though. I had fun with him. Now, there's an emotional core to this movie, too. <laughs> God. Yeah, so he has this emotional problem where he lost his wife. So he gets to the end and there's a dragon. And unfortunately, my favorite line from the trailer was cut out. So we'll just insert it here. Nobody told me there'd be a dragon. <laughs> um, and the dragon, the dragon's sad. He's not, she's not sad because there are a bunch of people with guns trying to break into her thing. She's sad because... Her boyfriend dragon died. Yeah. Or girlfriend. We or can't girlfriend, tell from yeah. the skull. But the sadness has collated in a problem with her colon. And so (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. has to perform a colonoscopy. Yeah. And he digs out some bagpipes among a lot of other things. Among armor and bones. But it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, you are devoting the finale of your movie. To a colonoscopy (laughs) on a dragon. It's like, it's one of those things where I have, I have two conflicting thoughts about it. One is that this is so weird. How am I seeing this? Who on God's green earth? Why? Is this in the book? Like, no. Okay, but how? And then the second thing is, I should feel a lot more weirded out by this scene. But I'm kind of just weirded out by the concept. Of the entire movie? No, just the colonoscopy. But like when I'm actually watching it, I'm like, okay, that's what he's doing. Maybe the movie beat me down to this point. Maybe it's because I'm still coming off of the high of cats. And I'm like, oh, anything's <laughs> nothing can top. <laughs> anything's fine now. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. can give colonoscopies to every animal in existence, and it's, it's zany that. The, oh, I said, I said at a certain point, the gorilla's fighting a, chi- a tiger. Yeah, 
And they do the the classic joke, kick him in the balls. Yep. And I was like, we've reached the second lowest form of humor. We have a fart joke we need to get to. And we made it to the fart joke. It's true. They really don't try to abstract what he's doing. When she farts, it is the movie admitting, yeah, he is digging in her rectum. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> It's a, it's a wild ride. The wild ride of Dr. Doolittle. I don't feel like we have too much more to talk about. This movie was seemed very quick and short and of little substance. So like... I didn't get bored in any part. I was constantly amazed at everything. Amazed in the sense of like that you were seeing it, not that it was yes. good. Yeah, no, yes, okay. exactly. Okay. I was... That confused me for a minute. No, there. no, no, no. I was about to say, that that was not the emotion I was getting <laughs> off of you. I was not getting awe and wonder sitting next to you. My mouth was a gape most of the movie, but I want to say some good stuff before we before we top it off. Yeah, I feel like I've been talking too much. Go yeah, ahead. well, um, I like the little animated intro. Yeah, that was that was, nice. that was fun. It was I think it was pretty well done too. Cartoon Robert Downey Jr. is a little off putting, but I mean it's just because they're going hyper real. Yeah. It's it's almost like that photo booth on the Mac filter <laughs> where it turns you into a cartoon. It was almost like that, but much much more well done. Um I think the sets overall are nice. The house- I don't think they look great in yeah. In the shots. But I think overall there's nice, they have nice rooms to play around in. Yeah. I don't feel like they're able to really light them dynamically because they don't know where the animals are. And so they don't know how they're going to light the animals. Yeah. And that's something that really put me off was like that duck is, is lit completely different than the polar bear right beside it. But I do agree with you. The set design is well. That's, that's about it. And the costumes. I think costumes. Yeah. Costumes are pretty good too. Yeah. So is this hot track? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy it is too. I've been led astray by so many trailers that this I'm happy. Take that black Christmas. <laughs> I will go with it is on the very tepid side of hot trash. It's tepid trash. In concept, if you told me that this was what the movie was, I would be I would like say yes, this is definitely hot trash. But actually watching it, I'm like, but is it though? It kind of is. It's bizarre they go there. It is very but I mean the whole thing is like that. Yeah. the whole thing is like you know, John Cena and Kamel Nanjihani are talking about their daddy issues. Oh my God, my dad went out to get his pack of seals and never came back. That was a great line. If if the whole movie was along those with, lines. Along with my dad said I should have been an omelet. Yeah, no, that's the thing. So like the humor in this is like, most of it's just kind of boring, but then you have lines like that and then the whole... The whole ant thing, I think, is really oh, funny. The and at mobster first, ants. At first, I saw it was like, oh, this is just going to be another Godfather ripoff. But then, like, it keeps going. And I'm like, oh, they're doing a spin on it. Oh, man. But there's not enough of that in here. Oh, it reached, it reached the point very early on. That'll do it. Remember, <laughs> I'll do it. Remember, friends. Do you want to do that line? It's okay to be scared. 